Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Good afternoon, everyone. Howdy, Bowl. So I'm uh, very nervous to give this talk today because uh, I don't make PowerPoint presentations. But, you know, everyone in, in this temple is so technologically savvy, doing such nice presentations, so I try my best. This is uh, my first attempt, so please forgive me. Um, Pop culture and kirtan, chanting for the masses. What is pop culture? So, uh, means like what? What's trending? Someone said Trump. Some people would argue whether that's popular or unpopular culture, depending on where you sit. Um, so all these things, music, film, plays, theater, um, popular culture. And uh, kirtan is our spiritual culture. Kirtan is, in some ways, the, um, the finest example of our spiritual culture, right? The spiritual culture uh, fully blossomed. So, like, spiritual culture and material culture, and then this idea of chanting for the masses, right? We come from a movement that's a lot about sharing our spiritual culture with those who have not experienced it before. We're not, we're not uh, so private. Like, Palika Prabhu goes out twice a week, if not more, to do Harinam publicly. It's part of our practice. So, bringing this culture to the masses, how, how does this fit together? If the masses are enjoying so much and appreciating so much popular culture, and we, our culture seems to be completely disconnected with that, how do we do what we're meant to do, which is sharing our culture with the masses. This is a nice quote by, one of my favorite quotes by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Does anyone have any thoughts? Yes, Prabhupada. That's exactly why we go out on the streets, because it ultimately it is going to be the ultimate non-sectarian way, because we're chanting the names of God. And we actually see every time we go out spontaneously, people are attracted. And one example, this lady came running across the street. What are you doing? I'm thinking, oh boy, this is going to be some trouble. And I said, we're chanting Hare Krishna. I said, here, take this pamphlet. I'll tell you all about it. She goes, no, I need to know right now why am I so attracted to this. And then she stuck around and chanted and took prasadam and took a book. But people are just... I mean, exactly what Bhaktivinoda Thakur is saying here. It's, it's happening before our very eyes. We just have to be a part of it. Wonderful. Thank you. Please. I think the, the beautiful part of this uh, quote is, uh, without distinction, to engage in the highest cultivation of the spirit. 
So it doesn't really require any kind of qualification. You can become highest spiritually highest person if you just engage in chanting of kirtan. So I think that is a there is a profound uh, profound uh, uh, understanding in this particular quote. Um, it seems as though this church of kirtan that he's describing gives like a very nice he gives a very nice qualification um, of of that this this church of kirtan is taking the place of something that is not the church of kirtan which is an institution which excludes outsiders from the precinct of an area so i very much appreciate this idea that um, the quality of the church of kirtan is that it's not excluding anyone from the precincts of like the church mosque or wherever it's going wherever it's happening Hare Krishna. so what strikes out is the Church of Kirtan is the highest cultivation of the spirit. So we do so many things for our body, but what do we do for our spirit? It actually highlights, irrespective of the, you know, which particular body form we belong to, everyone can take part, you know, Hindu, Muslim, Christians, uh, higher class scholars, you know, even the Children can participate, everyone can participate because it's the cultivation of the spirit. We are all spiritual beings. Mm. Thank you. Last, uh, last comment. Um, the way, Hare Krishna Prabhu, the, the way I see it, the way I feel this is this church of Kirtan is allowing people from all over the world, no matter what color or race, to participate in something that is going to wake up that sleeping soul there is inside of them, which is not sectarian. It's just open up the heart and accept it the way that it, it will revive the feeling and the sentiment that we're supposed to be having forgotten. And differences of the other churches, mosquito or, or Catholic, they're sectarian because they don't wake up that part of us. And Kirtan has the ability Whoever listened to it has the ability to enjoy that, and it's not enjoying because it's music. It's just waking up their soul, what they have in their heart, to make them the way they become. Some very uh, interesting ideas. Uh, it's interesting how this quote, even though it was written, you know, uh, sometime probably in the late 1800s, so like, uh, you know, hundred and something years ago, it still like creates fire. Like we feel sparks when we hear this quote. Bhakti Thakur speaking to us from, you know, some more than a century ago. This is something that is very interesting for me because um, I spend a lot of time not doing kirtan in our community. I spend a lot of time doing kirtan in communities. Many of them, they don't know anything about bhakti except kirtan. They don't know the rules or the regulations or the practices. They are the people that Bhaktivinoda Thakur was talking about. They just felt included for the first time in kirtan in a way that they had never felt before in their old church or their old temple or their old mosque. It's interesting because Srila Prabhupada sometimes would say that we're not asking you to stop being a Catholic. 
this can help you be an even better Catholic. The idea is that there is a, an essential part of this practice that runs through all the traditions and can actually wake up the soul. Bhaktivinoda used the word sectarian. And I think that's very interesting because if we introspect in ourselves, do we feel sectarian? In other words, when we think of us, do we think of all of us? Or we do, do we think of an us and a them? Are we sectarian in our hearts? So here's some questions that I ponder sometimes. Is there a place where material and spiritual culture meet? Maybe in the lives of devotees. Or are they completely something else? They have nothing to do with each other. Because if we're talking about bringing spiritual culture to the masses, there's got to be some point of engagement. Right? But what does that look like? Can devotees be relevant in the world but not of the world? Or does being a devotee mean that we have to be aloof from the world? I'm not concerned with politics. I'm not concerned with current events. I'm not concerned with economics. I'm thinking only of Krishna. Do you understand my questions? These are some, you know, at home, are we engaging in one way with the material world, but then thinking that we're meant to be engaging a different way, so when we're in the company of other devotees, we're acting a certain way? Where do they actually meet? And then there's this idea that the body is a gift from Krishna. This body, this kshetra, is what we've been given to act in. Krishna didn't give us some other incarnation as devatas or as like, you know, yakshas or like, you know, we're humans in this world. And Donald Trump is our president. And we live in America. And we have this much money and this much intelligence and this, this skill. These are the things that we've been given by Krishna to act with. So where do the spiritual and material meet? Whoa. I told you, I don't know. Wow. That was the most impressive part of the whole thing right there. Has anyone seen this or heard of this before? This is funny because I've, I've looked for the source of this. Many devotees quote this, and I was looking for the source of this, but I couldn't find it. It's kind of like, uh, if someone can educate me where specifically this comes from, I would really appreciate it. But anyway, this is kind of like a Gaudiya Vaishnava folk tradition, that these are the three pillars of bhakti. Uh, please, someone... Read the first one from the back. Namaruchi, developing taste in the holy name. Tell me, what does that mean, Mata? Uh, ruchi means uh, interest. Nam means name of God. Uh, developing interest in the name of the God. Hmm. Nice. Uh, someone please, you pass the mic to some brave soul. Someone please read the next one and be prepared to give a short purport. Giving kindness and mercy to all living beings, not just devotees, not just humans. So it's saying to 
be kind and be merciful to not just the devotees, but every human being, and not just the human being, every living being, like ants, animals, birds, everything. everything. Mm. And the last one? Vaishnav Seva, service to others, devotees of the Lord. So the main purpose is to, we should serve all the devotees who love Krishna, who love Lord Ram, so we should serve each devotee without any distinction. So these are often given as uh, the basic principles that Lord Chaitanya would teach. Uh, another way I've heard Lord Chaitanya speak about the essence of Krishna consciousness is if you just chant the holy name with sincerity and if you try to avoid criticizing others, if you just do those two things, you'll make great advancement in spiritual life. So these are kind of simple principles. Now we have here Nartam Das Thakur in the middle, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I, uh, I love that picture. He's so cool looking. And uh, you know this special picture of uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur dressed up in a coat, sitting by a fancy chair, turban. And Srila Prabhupada, what you can't see is on the side of Srila Prabhupada is a giant fender amp. <laughs> I just had to... So these are all great innovators, visionaries. And um, on one side you could say that they really did something no one before them had ever done. Each one of them is an example. Uh, and yet at the same time you can say that they just did exactly what their gurus or teachers did before them, continuing to drill down for the essence, looking for where the water is, digging the well, um, seeking the essence in tumultuous times and finding relevant ways to share the message of Mahaprabhu. Now, Bhaktivinoda Thakur on your left and Narutam Das Thakur in the middle, they both did something very interesting. They took modern song styles and they made kirtans in those styles of music. So like, you know, someone could say arguably one of the most popular styles of music right now is rap music, hip-hop music. So in essence, what these devotees were doing were finding ways to teach bhakti philosophy while using the form of the modern, most relevant modern music. Some examples, I was speaking with uh, Srivani, we were just looking for examples. The, the songs are so simple that the language they use is just like street language, simple street language. That's like what hip-hop does. It's just like the way people talk. You know, like, it's not like old English or fancy using large words, or, it's using simple words. That everyone, using a phrase that you might find in a love song, but taking that phrase and applying it to a deep philosophical song about Krishna or Radha or Lord Chaitanya. This is what they were doing. It's very revolutionary. What's funny about that is um, sometimes we, you know, I, I went to one kirtan once at a yoga studio and I came with a drum and a guitar and the host said, where's the harmonium? And I said, I wasn't planning on playing a harmonium. And she was just shocked. How can you have kirtan without a harmonium? 
You know, and devotees are like that too. Someone will bring a guitar into the temple and devotees are like whispering, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> this is bogus, it's nonsense. So what is kirtan? And, and this idea of seeking the essence. What is the essence of kirtan? Someone, I'm gonna take two comments. What do you feel is the most essential part of, of a good Real kirtan. Connecting to God. Okay. Connecting to God. I agree that's very important. Does everyone agree that's a very important part? Ability to engage as many people as possible. Interesting. Who, did everyone hear that? Who believes that that's an important part of kirtan? Interesting. So this is, in a way, these are like the two bookends that we're talking about. One is connecting with God, which is a very personal thing, you can say. And the other one is you must engage everyone. They must feel drawn and want to be part. And these two things, they can seem to be at tension with each other. You know, I never mind what someone else wants. I'm going to sing a tune that helps me connect with Krishna. Very sincere that I can, you know, close my eyes. I'm going to sing quietly, you know. I may have a deep experience, but someone else may not be welcomed. It's a very interesting point. So there's a story that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur used to tell of a man who was very proudly telling his friend, I bathe in the Ganga every day. Not only that, my father bathed in the Ganga every day. I bathe in the same spot in the Ganga where my father bathed. And he bathes in the same spot in the Ganga that his father bathed. And he, till my grand, great-grandfather, we've been bathing in the same spot in the Ganga every day. <laughs> Bhaktivedanta, you say, but when you go there, the Ganga isn't there. The river moved. They're at the same ghat every day, but there's no water. The Ganga's moved. So they're missing the essence of the bathing. If you're bathing in the tradition, but you're not bathing, then how are you bathing? Better bathe in a shower than where the Ganga used to be. Srila Prabhupada once told one, one Mataji wrote to Srila Prabhupada, and uh, said, asked all these questions of taking care of Mother Tulsi. You know, Tulsi Devi, how this and that, and so many things, and so many questions. My favorite part is at the end of this long, Srila Prabhupada was carefully answering everything, and at the end of the letter he says, just use your common sense. <laughs> it gets better. This is from these little, one of my favorite books, these little uh, Prabhupada Nectar books, these tiny little red books, you can find them. They're, there's like five of them. Just direct letter quotes or prose. And then he says the second point, if you don't have common sense, find someone who does. <laughs> <laughs> so all of these great acharyas, you know, they were, they were essence seekers. They didn't let the fact that the Ganga used to be there guide their bathing in the Ganga, right? And because of their example, 
millions of people are able to bathe in the Ganga, where the Ganga is, because of their example. So, uh, this is George Harrison, one of my favorite musicians. You see on his, what's on his neck? Can someone see what's on his neck? Tulsi, yeah. Now, an interesting thing, and I'm going to be showing a picture of another musician in a moment. George Harrison got a lot of mercy from Srila Prabhupada. He also had a really hard time following the principles. Famously. Now, for some devotees here who have come in a family of Vaishnavas and they've been vegetarian and not taking cigarettes or alcohol or like all these things for generations, it's like inconceivable that someone could be a devotee of Krishna and smoke cigarettes or drink or these kinds of things. But this was his situation. And uh, the interesting thing is, because of Srila Prabhupada's mercy to this gentleman, more people heard the Hare Krishna mantra than had ever happened in the history of humankind to date. This simple man from a little uh, village, kind of a, uh, what do they call it, like a backward city in England, you know, really just like an awful place where the only thing that anyone ever knows about the city where he came from is that he came from that city, <laughs> Right? <clears throat> now the interesting thing is I want to show a song that I, uh, I, I play sometimes and uh, it's a George Harrison song and uh, in some ways it's expressing the same mood as Lord Chaitanya in Gai Gaur Madhur Suare which is the same uh, written by Bhakti Thakur in the same mood a song written to capture the hearts and minds of average people This song is called Awaiting on You All. Now, some of these lyrics may fall on deaf ears if you're not aware of the culture of the 60s or things like that, but this, if you can try and see the essence, if you can look for the Ganga. You don't need no lovin'. You don't need no bedpan. You don't need a horoscope or a microscope to see the mess that you're in. If you open up your heart, you will know what I mean. We've been polluted so long, now here's a chance to get clean. Now I'll jump to the chorus in a second. You don't need no passport and you don't need no visa. You don't need to designate or to emigrate before you can see. Now he's saying Jesus. If you open up your heart, you will see he's right here. He's right there. He always was and will be. He will, he'll relieve you of your cares. And here's the chorus. Look at that. Look at that funny devotee, huh? <laughs> by chanting the names of the Lord and you'll be free. This is like, who is this benefiting for him to make a song and spend you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars promoting a song like this and recording with all these fancy music and putting it out? It's just service. He's doing it out of love for Prabhupada. By chanting the names of the Lord and you'll be free, the Lord is awaiting on you all to awaken and see Chanting the names of the Lord and you'll be free. So, with your permission, I'd like to sing a version of this song that I sing on my guitar.
Okay, so I've changed this a little bit. I thought it was too uh, accusatory to say you, you, you. You must wake up. You must do these things. So I change it to I. This is my small change. So, and I added a chanting part to this song. Many of George Harrison's songs, they have chanting parts. He actually sings uh, Radhe and Sham or Hare Krishna. But in this case, I added one. J.J. Radhe, J.J. Sham. Yeah, yeah. You have to say things like, yeah, yeah, if you're playing rock and roll. You can't just. So I need you guys to sing with me, and I need you to sing the yeah, yeah. Here we go. JJ Radhe, JJ Sean. Yeah, yeah. Shri, Shri, Shri. Vrindavana Dham Shri 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 Vrindavana Jaya Shri 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 Vrindavana Dham Jaya I don't need a passport I don't need a visa No, no I don't need to designate or to emigrate to see Krishna. No, no. If I open up my heart, I'll see he's right here. He always was and will be. He'll relieve me from my fears. Because chanting the names of the Lord will set me free. The Lord is awaiting on me to awaken and Chanting the names of the Lord will set me free. The Lord is awaiting on me to awaken and see. Chanting the names of the Lord. Chanting the names of the Lord. By chanting the names of the Lord, I'll be free. Can we do that together? Chanting the names of the Lord. Chanting the names of the Lord. By chanting the names of the Lord. I'll be free. J.J. Radhe. J.J. Sean. Yeah, yeah. All together. J.J. Radhe. J.J. Sean. Yeah, yeah. Jaya Shri 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 Vrindavana Dham. Jaya Shri 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 Vrindavana Dham Vrindavana Dham Vrindavana Dham Chanting the names of the Lord by 
chant in the names of the Lord, I'll be free. All together. Chant in the names of the Lord. Chant in the names of the Lord. I chant in the names of the Lord. I'll be free. One more time all together. Chant in the names of the Lord. Chant in the names of the Lord. I chant in the names of the Lord. I'll be free. So this is Bob Marley. Now here's the interesting thing about Bob Marley. Bob Marley took a very obscure spiritual tradition called Rastafarianism. No one anywhere had heard of Rastafarianism. And because he used music as a vehicle to spread this spiritual tradition, people know more about Rastafarianism and Rastafarian music all over the world. If you're in a band, you have to have at least one reggae song because of Bob Marley. Now that is the power of popular culture. People know so much about his spiritual tradition only because he found a way to infuse it into the popular culture. Now, uh, here's a song called Small Axe. And the interesting thing about this song by Bob Marley is it's almost right out of the Srimad Bhagavatam. There's a part in the Srimad Bhagavatam where it's describing that Hiranyakashipu, this great demon, yogi, demon king, is like a great tree. And his son, who is a devotee, is like a small branch from that tree. And if you take a small branch from a tree and you fix an axe head to that little branch, that little branch has the power to take down the whole tree. So they say in, in the Bhagavatam that Vishnu is like the axe head affixed to Prahlad, the Lord, the, the grace of God given to even a small child. He can destroy the vast empire of materialism. So... Uh, Why boasteth thyself, O evil men, playing smart and not being clever? I said, you work in iniquity to achieve vanity, but the goodness of Jah, Jah is their name for God, the goodness of Jah, which is like short for Jehovah or Yahweh, I dureth forever, which means endures. Next verse, he says, these are the words of my master, no weak heart shall prosper. Whosoever diggeth the pit shall fall in it. So he's saying, if you do something bad, it's going to come back on you, right? Why work for materialism and build up such a great empire? These are like the words of all spiritual traditions. So uh, one of the funny things about Rastas is that they speak about the Lion of Judah, the lion is often, so it's this, the funny, funny connections to the story of um, Lord Narasimhadev. So uh, here's how I do this song. Keshavadrita Narahari Rupa Jaya Jagadish Hare Jaya Jagadish 
Why boast of thine self, O heathen man? Playing smart but not being clever. You work in iniquity to achieve vanity, but the goodness of Jah will endure forever. The goodness of Jah will endure forever. The goodness of Jah will endure forever. The goodness of Rama will endure forever. The goodness of Krishna will endure forever. If you are the big tree, we are the small axe, ready to cut you down, ready to cut you down. We sing that one together. If you are the big tree, we are the small axe, sharpened to sharpened to cut you down, ready to cut you down. Keshavadrita, Narahari Rupa, Jai Jagadishare, Jai Jagadishare, together, Jai Jagadishare. So uh, this is my last slide here. So of course, as uh, I travel, I do a lot of Nam Sankirtan, just Hare Krishna Mantra, or traditional bhajans or kirtans, Govinda Jaya Jaya. Um, I sing mostly from within the Gaudiya tradition, all the kirtans that I do. But I also include some of these songs in an attempt to bridge that gap. Now, just opening for questions after this last slide and last comment, and, and comments also, of course. So uh, my family and I went to visit some friends at a place called the City of 10,000 Buddhas. And our friend teaches there in a school. And uh, it's a very sattvic place, totally vegetarian. They teach the kids all about kindness and love and all these things. But he says, he told us, he's a teacher there. He says, the community is dwindling a little bit because they don't preach. They just uh, practice, but they don't spread the tradition, and so it's getting smaller. So um, you have the city of 10,000 Buddhas. A lot of dusting is required in the city of 10,000 Buddhas, I've noticed. And then you have Lord Chaitanya's Sankirtan movement. 
And uh, our tradition is so much about taking it out. And the funny thing in my thoughts and, and meditation on this topic, we become closer to the essential teaching, empowered, we learn and we grow through the process of sharing Krishna with others, even beyond our abilities. So I guess the question that I want to leave you all with, and I see myself even though I travel so much that I'm here very rarely, um, forgive me for that, but I see myself as part of this community and have been for 20 years. And uh, so my question to this community to all of you as friends and well-wishers and elders, is are we doing enough on a personal level do we need to do more to actually meet people where they are if we want to share Krishna with the masses? What is the, the balance between the material and spiritual world? Is there such a thing as a balance? Can we be aloof from the material world and at the same time relevant enough to share Krishna with regular people who are completely engaged in material culture? Um, does anyone have any thoughts? Hare Krishna. I was just resisting myself. What a beautiful uh, PowerPoint presentation you gave. I sell it to you. Thank you so much. What, what a wonderful. And there was a song I was, I was thinking that you're going to sing that. Uh, 1972, George Harrison, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. That song was particularly on My that. sweet Lord. My sweet Lord, yes. But uh, you mentioned. A little too on the nose. Okay. <laughs> Now, <laughs> what I was thinking was first question you brought about the, the spirituality and the material world and the junction for that. Where is the junction? And uh, so what a wonderful question you have and it's so puzzling and it's a dilemma that uh, living in a uh, material world and then keeping in mind going to a spiritual world. Now, it is so distracting. The material world is so distracting, right from the childhood on down to the uh, end. So, following the Sri Krishna path, which can really put us in a one concentrated focus, which can really lead to the spiritual world. So it's a smooth transition. Only thing is that we need to focus on Sri Krishna, Bhakti, which can hopefully take it to the end of the transition knowledge and to the spiritual world. Thank you. I, I think that the answer, in large part, lies in the lives of the devotees. That the devotees themselves, as they find their bearings in the world, are offering us revelations uh, to our own circumstances as devotees in the world. Um, and if that was better formalized, we would be able to build on that in a faster and stronger way. Uh, Gopi? Um, I was thinking, Gora, about 
Where that meeting place is, is between the two, is really in the heart of each one of us. In this, I think there's a humanness that we strip away, and that humanness we strip away is in the sectarianism. Um, but underneath that humanness is that all of us, you know, whatever garb we're wearing, there's a sense of pain and suffering that each individual feels. And if you can identify and connect with anybody on that place, immediately there's a sense of empathy and compassion. And I, and I think that sometimes we use the word compassion as if in a righteous way and not an empathic way. And I, and I really believe that that meeting place is at that place of stripping away, stripping away the external kind of, but actually coming into that empathic state of seeing the um, meeting place is that place of we are all in the same boat at the end of the day and we're all struggling and that if we can then reach out to meet somebody on that greater place, it's, it's really from a heart place. It doesn't have the labels. Um, so that's just what I was thinking. I think that's a really great point. I just want to uh, tie it back to the earlier part of the incredible PowerPoint presentation. Um, Namaruchi Jiva Doya Vaishnav Seva. It's interesting how, at least in the folk tradition, that those things are so important. Jiva Doya being that we have to be actively showing kindness and love and, to use Gopi's word, empathy for other souls. Otherwise, we can kind of get into what they call like the ivory tower of bhakti. You know? Hi. To further what Gopi was saying, if we're, if, if just any devotee's thinking, coming to think about Krishna, and they're so ecstatic, they step on people's feet or they knock someone in there because they're just enjoying so much. If, you, if you're thinking of yourself, because you are involved with the chanting, is, is very static, it takes you over, we're human. You're not paying attention, and your intention is to, I'm going to come love God, I'm going to be a good person, and the culture is, you are what, you, your identity is basically what you do, I'm a doctor, there's this inherited culture that's on us, un unconscious and unconscious. If we don't stop and pause and pay attention, and you know, to how are we treating other people, or we're just thinking about ourselves, I mean, exactly what Gopi said, but what's the practice to do that. It's great to have this intention, but if it's not in front of our face every day, we just, we get up in the morning, we have to do, take care of our kids, go to work, blah, blah, blah. So what, and come to be with Krishna? So what's the practice of pausing to pay attention to, to, to that? Like, how do we pay attention? How do we have more of an intention for others? Not just to be kind, but a real practice of it. And we won't go into that, but that's the Buddha that used to be up here. That's the whole, in the Bhag, I think in the Gita says that. So it's really important what she said, but how to do it. I don't think we could have more of a practice about that. And music reminds us to do that, but it's not enough. Just a chant, not enough. Okay, that's my two cents. Thank you very much for this presentation. I think it's um, one of the most important conversations to have, 
how to find how to understand that bridge and how to then share it. And what I was just to expand on what Krishna Priya, okay, what she was saying, and also what Gopi Ma was saying that um, is like a conversation of the three different levels of devotees, right? You have Kanishta, or very like the beginning stages of devotion where it's just me and the deities, it's me and Krishna, and then I don't have so much knowledge about the other devotees. Or, And then you have Majima who's, who's seeing the devotees, they see the innocent, they see the envious, and they're able to make distinctions so they can share, and then ultimately up to the Uttama Adhikari. So it's this conversation of, you know, and Mahaprabhu's movement is being able to come to this platform of Majima, being able to see the innocent, being able to see the envious, and being able to intelligently share Krishna consciousness. Um, and my Guru Maharaj gave, a, my Guru Maharaj's grace, Vaisheshika Prabhu gave a class. Uh, it, was in, uh, it was in India. And he was speaking about, and I was also appreciating this point of sharing. When you, when you actively go out and share, how your realization thickens. And recently I've been meditating on this idea that if you don't share what you've been given, it's like a pot with a hole. And actually, everything that you put in it just starts to drain out. So this activity of um, actively trying to share, and how that boils down and gives us gets us closer to the essence, but that also in this activity of giving out, as that essence of our understanding is boiling down, it allows us to elevate to that platform of majima, to be able to elevate ourselves, to be able to see more of the essence, to be able to see more clearly where those two worlds meet. Um, so just appreciating how this was presented because it's not necessarily a thing that just has an answer, but it's a thing that is, is very much the most important conversation. One of them, I would say, uh, as Gaudiya Vaishnavas. So, thank you. Thank you. In my meditation on this, the, the thing that I really wanted to uh, come to is this understanding that the beauty of this process is that we are a community of many different levels of realization and practice and experience and actually these principles just like Gopi and like Raghu spoke to very succinctly if we work together as a community there may be some place of kindness or empathy that Chaitanya sees that I don't see and by him sharing his experiences with me intimately and lovingly, and by me sharing my experiences with him, then we learn from each other, and the compassion grows, and the kindness grows, and the realization grows. So that these principles, they can actually be achieved as a community, even if we may not be able to achieve them alone. As a community, we can rise higher than any of our individual uh, iniquities. So... Thank you for your kindness, for your patience.